Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark, again joined with Garrett and returning guest, M.M.E. Murray. Hi. Welcome back. Thanks. Because John's still out. Give, give my man some credit. All right. Well, we told them last time if they're paying attention, they But they don't they know, know he's back yet. Maybe okay, he just not. quit. Listeners, this just in, John's not back. Emma, thank you for filling <laughs> no, in for No, but he did John. get COVID. Did he really? He got COVID. So oh, my, man is, my man is double down. So oh, shout outs to John. Here's hoping he survives. He got that rare Italian variant. Ooh. I don't know. What international. He's just <laughs> running around saying, Mama Mia, I'm so tired. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> Emma, what have you been up to? It's been a, a few episodes now since you've been on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been writing. I had a really big book deal get announced, actually, that next year, next summer, my novella, When the Devil, is going to be coming out. And so I'm really excited about that. Oh, excellent. That's great. But, yeah. Other than that, I've I fucked up my knee. Mm. <laughs> like, a car hit my car. Um, I watched The Baby, I think it's called, for the first time the other day. Have you guys seen The that? documentary about The Baby, the rapper? No, oh. no, no. Oh, okay. It's like an old Is it just the gift of that dancing movie? baby no, from it's the like early the man who gets raised as a child? Yes. Yes, they did it on Joe Bob. I just saw that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's called okay. The Baby. Yeah, I saw that way back in the day. Um, I was turned on to that by a friend who was all like, oh, you're into weird fetish stuff. And I was like, not this. <laughs> what? No. Not this. I thought it was a pretty good movie, actually. I thought it was going to be cheesier. It seemed more like a B movie, and then it was actually better than that. It's got that 70s, a little bit drug out at times, but honestly, yeah. it was a really interesting premise. I like the way it was paced. Yeah, and the ending was actually really good. I did not see that coming. I don't know if I've seen it. It was on Joe Bob. Go check out the Joe Bob. They actually have some okay. good dialogue about it. Well, that's great. Um, where else can they find your work right now? Anything else you got going on you want to let our listeners know about? Um, well, you can still get copies of Exquisite Hunger, um, my sapphic cannibal chat book at Medusa House, um, H-A-U-S dot com. And if you want actually um, a signed copy directly from me, you can go to my website and um, there's a way to contact me there. And I sell those just straight from me. A but signed copy. We got Stephen motherfucking King in the house, evidently. <laughs> mm. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually have read it. It's very enjoyable. Pre-ordered that. and It was pretty rad. So check it out. Thank you. My copy came with a recipe for human flesh. Yeah. But I don't know where to source my human flesh at. I got you, dog. You know, you know a guy? Okay. John, John's not coming back. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Great talk podcast. Wait for the COVID to get out of the yeah, system I'm first like, before yeah, you oh, cure the meat. Thank you for coming on. Has there been any books or movies you guys want to recommend before we get into today's movie, Martyrs? I would recommend Everything the Darkness Eats by Eric LaRocca. That came out recently, and it's everything by them is amazing. So I definitely would recommend that. Does the darkness eat everything? Yes. Did I just spoil the ending? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> is it Mark. a mukbang thing where it eats <laughs> oh, way too much? <laughs> what about you, Garrett? Anything? I rewatched Terrifier 1. Because oh. I really like Terrifier 2. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I was just too harsh in the first one. Were Guess you? what? Nope. You were way too was harsh. was not. It was a short film that should have never been a full-length movie. The second one, though, is still rad as fuck. Uh, Terrifier 2 is the way to go. Honestly, if you've never seen Terrifier and you're going to go into it, just start with 2. Done. Let's just solve this problem right now. There was no problem to begin with. Watch them yes, both. No, there was. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get mean, into Terrifier again. Um, Terrifier just, I mean, again, it just had so much where it, just, it did not need to be an hour and a half long. It would have been an amazing 45-minute movie. But anyway, uh, let's see. What else did I watch? I watched something called Natty Knocks with Bill Mosley and um, Robert England. Mm. And uh, it was okay. 
It's okay. We're in a really weird period right now where all these like, you know, Tony Todd's, Robert England's, they're all doing these like little like side movies, killer goats with kill her goats with um Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder. And bless them, man, there there's some really cool, interesting stuff, some great effects, some practical effects in these. But man, some of these stories are just not fantastic. So I would like to see these guys being more I wanna I don't want to say relevant because that's mean, but you know, like kind of bigger movies that match their name and Large status. Studio yes. stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Why aren't they in like the talk to me's or you know some of those movies that are coming out of because I think the the mentality right now is like keep it keep it simple, keep it low budget. A lot of these like talk to me and stuff like that is fresh people though. You know, like, I mean, you, you think about it, you're a nobody and shout outs to the talk to me guys. You're not nobodies, but like at the time, <laughs> nobodies who can't just call up Kane Hodder and be like, yo man, swing down to Australia and be in our flick, you know? So a lot of this is kind of like, you know, amateur and not negatively, but just like amateur type stuff. And so we're seeing them, them hit. Well, that's my point. I wasn't saying like, go get these guys to be in your movies, but they should be starring in something on par with something like that. I would think. I also wonder if it's just, you know, I don't know how much these guys charge. I feel like a lot of them would do this stuff pretty cheap. I mean, cheap seeing and like Kane Hodder in like movies like Death House we did forever ago, that was like a nothing with but that every was like single expendables horror. of horror. But that I was, know. I mean, we saw that. That was like CG backgrounds and stuff. Yeah. So. But yeah, I just God, was, I forgot about that flick. It's terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry I made us do it. <laughs> I enjoyed it for, for how bad it was. But yeah, it was not not great. But no, I mean, it's it's just really interesting right now because, again, I'm so glad that they're still out there doing stuff. I, I love the fact that they're they're taking some of these smaller projects. But man, sometimes I'm just kind of like, yo, find that good script and let's get some good names attached to it. Yes, please. I want to see these guys be in another like couple good roles before we just don't have them around anymore. I mean, they're getting up there in age. I also kind of, you know, is it better to fade out or, you know, is it better to, what is it? That? Burn out. Burn out or fade, fade away. away. Yeah, that whole bullshit. Mm. I, I don't know. Like, I'm glad they're still doing stuff. Definitely. Keep working. Keep working. Get back to work. <laughs> well, once the strikes are over, am I right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shout out to our SAG. Yeah. W- get, yeah. get your money. Get what you're owed. Uh, I watched one that I want everybody to go check out because it felt like nobody except for me and Garrett went and saw it. It was The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Uh, That was a chapter in the Dracula novel fleshed out into a full-length movie of when Dracula came over on the boat to England from Um, Transylvania. Dracula. But I absolutely love that they use the Nosferatu version of Dracula, and he turns into a bat, and it's very good. All the sound effects are great, and it's all on the voyage there. Um, stars the guy who was the Onion Knight in Game of Thrones. Can't mm-hmm. remember that guy's name, but I love him. So I was happy to see him as the ship captain. And there were some genuine creepy moments, you know? It's good jump scares. The uh, the environment and the atmosphere is really well done. Usually when you get like at sea on old-timey boats, you get like a lot of CG backgrounds. You get a lot of kind of like you can tell it's a set. Really good job. Um, this felt natural. Everyone really sold it. Even the kid. Yeah. Who normally, it's a problem in these kind of movies, you know, just from acting experience levels. Sure. Really nailed it. Um, really fun. The way this film ended, I kind of want to see the next one. I know there's probably not going to be a next one, but uh, like seeing Nosferatu, Dracula, and like a top hat, like going into <laughs> jolly old England. I was like, spoiler alert, but yes. It's yeah. Dracula. I know. <laughs> yeah, no, everyone again. knows the story. <laughs> The the chapter the the chapter aspect of a classic monster like Dracula is a great idea. You know, do a series of like four. Uh, tr- everyone loves trilogies. Mm-hmm. Well, Hollywood loves trilogies. Um, you know, do three movies of different parts of Dracula's life. You could do like a romantic one where he actually finds like a love, and then like that whole thing fucks up and really kind of sends him down like the darker path. Uh, and there's so many options there that you could really delve into and kind of do like standalone stories that all have like a a, a linking. 
thread. It, it, you could do any of the classic Universal monsters and pick uh, that chapter. You, Frankenstein's pretty one note. I mean, think about it. You're not going to like cut to his house and be like, oh, that God, moment, the water bills do again. When he goes into that old man's house and they're sharing that cigar and that scene. A lighthouse situation? What if it was like an odd couple with the monster but and the old but man but smoking that stogie? Yeah, I'm I'd in. tune in for that. Come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know. You didn't watch the dishes again, Frankie. <laughs> I think they'd be better as a TV series. Give me 30 minutes of that. Okay. I don't want an hour and a half of that. That's fair. I just got done complaining about something should not be that long. Go watch it. It's streaming now. Uh, oh, is it streaming already? Yeah. I don't know if you have to rent it or buy it or whatever, but it's oh, out digitally. Snap. Um, real quick, uh, to loop it back to me, because that's what this <laughs> podcast is about, really. Um, I watched Cobweb and The Boogeyman. Right, I saw Boogeyman show up. I was like, hey, it's finally here. Yes, that drug its fucking ass getting to streaming or any way to purchase. Boogeyman was pretty solid. I didn't think it had a great plot, but man, a competently made flick. Uh, very creepy. Jump scares are top notch. I thought they did a really good job with that. Is it worth the 15 asking uh, price? God, I would say 10 is a great price point for it. Other okay. than that, stream it. If you have streaming option, definitely watch it. Um, Cobweb, bang on. That was actually a really cool flick. I've been really wanting to watch it, especially watching Lionsgate fumble its release, putting it out the same week as Oppenheimer and Barbie. That was a hey. Dumb. Sometimes you got to roll the dice, baby. I don't know what they expected to happen. Like <laughs> snake eyes. <laughs> like every single human being went and watched Barbie that weekend. There's no eyes Dude, for there's Barbie showings that are still sold out. I know out. it's We're crazy. Like a month out now at this point. I mean, it was a great movie. But Barbie was fantastic. Wild yes. that that's not like the number Best horror one flick of the summer. Easily so. A world where women have power. Ah! Get out of my... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. How's it going, Emma? <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the movie today. We're doing 2008's Martyrs. Now, this was originally a French... It still is, by the way. It's not originally. It didn't change. <laughs> this is a... When we took over France, we took over their movies. We're calling them freedom movies now. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> remember that bullshit? Yeah, that was so dumb. Yeah, I remember that. No one ever did that. You know, that. we should bring that back. We should just start calling them freedom fries again, like just to see if they catch on. Next time you go to the Dairy Queen, I want a blizzard and freedom fries pronto. Let's I want go. a Big Mac and give me a large freedom fry. So Martyrs is a French and Canadian joint. Uh, it was filmed in Montreal. A joint? It was directed by Spike Lee? It's a, like a, jo a co. A oh, co I thought you meant like a Spike Lee joint. Oh, no. Isn't that what they say? It's a joint when like two people do yes, it? Yes, they do say a joint venture. Yes. But they don't usually they say joint venture. There's usually a second word. Okay, well, I feel like my listeners know what's going on. They do. They do. I just thought it would be great if it like Spike Lee presents. So this one came out in 2008 in France. Immediately, it was hit with some controversy based on just how brutal this movie ended up being. And it got looped into a movement of films called The New French Extremity. Um, Emma, do you know anything about that movement? Because the, the yeah. director... Did you say extremity? Yes. I mean, it definitely derived from the word extreme, I'm assuming. Yeah. But okay, mm -hmm. extremity also means like limb. So I didn't know yeah. if it was like... Okay. Yeah, no, the new French extremity movement, uh, Pascal Legier... Lagier, sorry, I'm going to butcher Pascal. every name. We'll call him Pascal from here on out. I mean, it was a movement of, yeah, movies that are very, very brutal. But I would, I kind of think that it is... This Martyrs is more on the fringe of that because... Honestly, it's like the brutality is necessary. It's not really, in my opinion, extreme to be extreme. It's not pushing that boundary to push the boundary. I'm excited know? to get into that discussion because I think there's definitely some scenes where it does do some of that. But I think you're right. The The, the extremeness of this is very relevant to the, the plot itself. Yeah, I think that's the big reason he was probably not happy with being lumped into that movement. I also wonder the projected age of the main characters, if that also triggered a, a visceral response from viewers 
which made them kind of think that like that like everything was a little bit more extreme than it actually was. I hadn't thought about that. That actually makes there sense. There was moments in this movie where I'm just like, well, these are very underage girls. I mean, granted, the the actresses that are in the main plot are not, but at the same time, like just the way the story's played out and the expectation of what they went through at the age. There was quite a few scenes that felt way more intense than they normally would had it not of the And like very, the beginning, like in the flashbacks with Lucy, I mean like some of that, but also just, so you know, young. when when they're when they're teens, adult teens, I don't know how old they are when the actual main plot takes place, but you know, putting them in, you know, tank tops and white cotton panties and just very, you know, virginal type imagery and stuff like I mean, that came across very purposeful. But again, when you, when you see some of that, your mind instantly kind of just connects young and and certain aspects. And I think that may have played into some of people's reaction to this, because if you look at some of the stuff that happens in 2008, easily on par with other stuff that's out there that's not getting thrown into the mix. Yeah. I remember when I first saw it, I was actually surprised that it wasn't more extreme based on the reputation it has. So the director, Pascal, said that he originally got the idea to do this movie after watching Hostel. And I was like, that actually makes sense. Because when I was watching this, I was like, this reminds me of that vein of type of movie. Like a way better version. Sure. I think (laughs) the torture in this movie has an explanation where it's not like Hostel, where it was just like, hey, rich people like to torture people for fun because they got the money and time or whatever. So I'm glad that the movie put a little more emphasis on the reasoning that we're seeing this uh, extreme torture. I enjoyed Hostel for what it is because I like some, you know, torture porn kind of stuff. But this is not that. I think that people are wrong that they lump it in with that. Hostel was just really at the time one of the first big quote unquote torture porn type films. And really that movie leaned heavily into now sit down. We're going to watch some gore. Yeah. And it didn't have a lot of bearing on the plot at certain moments. This movie uh, has the, you know, I don't know why they Distinction. always do. There's always when these movies come out, they always say that, oh, people left the theater. Of course. People vomited in their seats. And I'm like, that does, I don't believe that anymore. It just happens so often. I'm like, who are these people? They're so <laughs> weak in the stomach going to these uh, horror openers, you know, and they're just vomiting in their chair. Maybe, you know, like, like you hire certain people for certain things. Like this guy's really good at laughing. So you bring him to your comedy show. Maybe there's like that one guy who throws up at every horror film. They're like, invite oh John. God. This is going to be such a good soundbite for us. Yeah. We want to make this be a press release. <laughs> yeah. People vomited in their seats for this one. <laughs> Um, I mean, this one is very visceral. So I'm a professional horror vomiter. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see your card. It says it at the bottom. The Weinstein Company acquired the rights to this. And then Bob Weinstein was so revulsed by the film that he refused to put it in theaters. So it went straight to DVD. But then Harvey was like, I got this, my dude. (laughs) So this one went straight to DVD. um, So it never got a a theatrical release. That explains why it's probably not available on Blu-ray right now in the States because of the Weinstein. A lot of movies right now in the, uh, the Weinstein pantheon, like the rights issues and stuff because of all the bullshit uh, can't be released. So I wonder if this is one of those films. It could be. All right. Well, this one directed by Pascal Lager. It was also written by him. Uh, you might've seen one or two of his other films, uh, the tall man starring Jessica Biel and inside. I never saw inside. She's inside the- is great. This one stars Marjana Alou as Anna Mylene Japanoy as Lucy Catherine Bejean is Mademoiselle, and I think that's really all we need to know. You mm-hmm. could have said any names, and I would not have known who you're talking about. <laughs> I did not know our main characters had names until they said Lucy at one point, and I immediately forgot Lucy's name. What do you mean, man? Anna's screaming yeah. Lucy through half I know, the movie. I know. Yeah. Again, it's so ancillary to what's actually happening on screen. The names just were like in one ear and out the other. I mean, that's not surprising for the grave talk, but this movie specifically, I was just like, girl one, girl two. <laughs> I was like, here nice. we go. 
Currently on Rotten Tomatoes, this one has a 64% out of 39 reviews and 69% with the audience out of nice. 10,000 plus. <laughs> Did I beat you to it? <laughs> Let's do it again in unison. And go. Nice. nice. Here's what the back of the DVD says this movie's about. A stunning masterwork and unforgettable experience, says Fangoria. Prepare to be shocked, terrified, and awed by one of the most ferocious horror films ever made, says Fearnet.com. I wonder if they're still around. What am I about to say? <laughs> like nothing you've ever witnessed, this harrowing journey starts with two young women hell-bent on avenging the brutal kidnapping torture inflicted on one of them when she was a young girl. What they encounter is a nightmare so terrifying and a mystery so powerful, it will make you question the world as you know it. It didn't. <laughs> it really? This box going hard. <laughs> Brilliantly acted, exquisitely photographed, and boldly conceived, Martyrs represents a new breed of horror film. A stunning masterpiece that transcends the genre, says Dread Central. Ooh, transcends. That's a, yeah. a little Ooh, reference yeah. there. I nice, like it. subtle back of the box. We got you. We got it. Well, what did y'all think of Martyrs? Emma, you actually wanted us to do this one. Yeah. It was actually requested by other listeners as well. So Was it really, though? It was. Because I watched this and I was like, is this Emma just like writing in under like five different names? No. Uh, <laughs> listener Jeremy also wanted us to Shout do this out one. to Jeremy. What's yeah. up, my dude? Let me give you like the, the minute plot synopsis real quick and then we can get into the details of it. So basically there is the whole premise is there are girls that are being kidnapped and you don't really know this. It kind of plays out, you know, over the course of the movie, girls getting kidnapped and tortured where they are trying to get them to transcend to a place of self-awakening transcendence that they can actually like see the afterlife. Basically, the whole premise is like, you know, some of these martyrs, which in this movie is women, younger women have the more capability to go to that place where they maybe they can experience the afterlife or what lies beyond. And you can tell this by seeing seeing their eyes and the, the change that happens within their eyes, you know, and there's a group of people that are running these experiments to try to find out what that is, what exists on the other side. If we can send someone over and pull them back, can we find out what's there? <gasps> so Emma, what is it about this film that makes you call it what your top film? One of the uh, tops? I mean, it's definitely, it's in my top, it's not my top film, but it's definitely up there. It's one of my favorites. Take that yeah. babe pick in the city. <laughs> Is that number two? I don't know. It's her list. Oh. What? No. Put your list away. We're talking about martyrs, not babe. What I love about it is the way that it twists halfway through. That really got me the first time I watched it. And also just like the whole second half, which is the part I know a lot of people don't like, is what I love the most. And the ending. Wait, they didn't, people don't like the second half? Oh, yeah. What the fuck? I know, right? Thank that's you, Gary. Yeah, that's the whole point, okay, right? All right, okay. But yeah, I I remember when I first saw it, I walked away just like, God, that movie's gonna stay with me forever. And I love movies that just like really stick with you and make you think and fuck with you. Mm -hmm. And this is definitely one of those. I would definitely say this is one of those movies that will will live in the pantheon of my thought process when I think about horror movies. Now, not all that's great, but it is pretty solid. Like I I love the fact that the twist, the main twist of the movie is smack in the middle. This movie's like an hour and 40 minutes long, though, which at times felt a little unnecessary. But once I it played out and the whole second half just changes, I was like, OK, no, I get it. I see why this movie is as long as it is. It does not mean there's not moments that can be cut down. The montage of torture um, in the last three quarters of the film could have been cut down by maybe like three minutes and we would have lost nothing. 
But I overall, yeah, overall, I mean, this movie definitely it did a number on me. Like it, it, it caught my attention. I watched it last night at like 3 a.m. So I was like, nice, perfect half time asleep, to do and it. I was like, oh, no, let me tell you the, the first time that like girl pops up on the edge of the bed. Oh, every light in my fucking upstairs was on. I was like, well, we're not sleeping now. I was sitting up in my bed watching this flick. I was like, OK, screw this. But it really cinematography is fantastic. There are some shots in this movie that I think deserve a round of applause on their own. Oh, yeah. Uh, where she Beautiful. shoots the uh, the down comforter and all oh the feathers God, are in the yeah. air. And she's like just looking down at the under the bed. And you can see under the bed the person while the feathers kind of fall like snow. The blocking with her in the sun, too. Like that yeah. whole, the tension in that scene and the way it was shot is so beautiful. There's so much, there's so much great filmmaking in Mark, this. Mark, you're like rolling your eyes. No, I'm not. <laughs> no. no. It's, it's, I like this movie. Yeah, no, it's, it's mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's a lot here to really bite into. And then you get it, and we'll get into it later, but then you get into the, the message, the premise that this movie really has something to say. Because the first half of the movie, honestly, MacGuffin. You could just mm -hmm. throw it away and it wouldn't stop the movie from being what it is. It does help. It definitely makes the movie what it becomes, but um, yeah, it's it, still important. It feels disjointed until you, the whole thing plays out, and then you're like, mm -hmm. "Okay, cool." Uh, Mark, let's let's get into it before I get into my critiques. What do you well, think of yeah, it? You one of my first notes in this movie was, "Is this movie going to turn into one of those? It's all in her head bullshits." Yes, and I <laughs> was like, "Called it." The first half of the movie, I was like, "Oh no, please don't be that simple." But it had turned out to be something more. So I did appreciate that. Yeah, you would that. think I would recommend a movie like that. Yes. Hey, everybody likes what they like. Garrett! <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to like those movies. They're not all bad. I don't like bad movies. <laughs> Whoa. Hot takes here at the Grave Talk. Did you hear that Sixth Sense? Did you hear that Fight Club? You get fucked in Emma's book. We're going to get flagged for fake news propaganda on Twitter now. <laughs> no, I think you can do it. It's, it's all in your head story well. Uh, but meaning watching this, I was like, this is just too blatantly it's all in her yeah, head. Yeah, no, but, if it was that, but it would have been. the thing is, though, is yes, because the first time that thing pops up on the bed, the girl, and then when she cuts herself in the shower, when they're still at the orphanage, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is in her head. This is this is um, survivor yeah. trauma. This is like PTSD manifesting itself. I, I mean, Im immediately called it. And yes, about a third of the way through the movie, I was pissed off at that. I was like, if I'm supposed to sit here for another hour with this all being in her head while this other chick tries to figure that out or come to like realization of like, oh, wow, it's not real. I was going to be pissed off. But about halfway through the movie, they're just like, fuck that. That's yeah, not that would have been a bad movie if yeah. that was all it was. Which like. I, I appreciate that it was not the 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 entire pivot of the film. Mm -hmm. It becomes another movie. It does. Oh, yeah. It's In a, uh, yeah. the two recent movies that come to mind that actually did such a hard pivot, Barbarian, Barbarian yeah. and uh, In Fabric. Oh, yeah, those, yeah. Both those you movies took hard turns. And I hated Barbarian, mm -hmm. but I love the first half. So you can, you can do that. In Fabric did an excellent job, I thought, actually. I, like, thought, I know you guys didn't like it as much. In Fabric was a little too disjointed. It felt like a vignette film. Like, um, I like that, though. But, but again, <laughs> the, the, the connections, the thread between them, Huh? Uh, get it? Uh, mm -hmm. This is why you pay me the big bucks. Yeah, um, just didn't seem as zero. solid as this movie did. Because again, the whole like, oh, it's in her head in this movie. You're like, well, okay, well, great. We just blew our load on that. Like, what are we going to do with this whole thing? And then you realize like, oh, no, that is essential for the whole plot in the second mm -hmm. half. And I mean, I love the fact that, that it was not throwaway. Yeah. It wasn't just a subversion. It was yeah, it actually just a twist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So to answer your question, I enjoy this movie. I would recommend it. a long way of getting there, but yes. I appreciate it. Um, I have my issues with the ending only because I wanted the movie to take a fucking stance. No, it, tell did. Me. it did take a stance. 
Well, it did it? It's like, very interpretational. You're wrong. You wanted them to be like, here's what heaven looks like. Uh, yeah, I wanted whoa, a little. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I wanted the movie I guess to have we're the balls to tell that. me we're exactly gonna... what's going on on the other side. This movie kicks off with a girl running out of a factory. Uh, she's clearly been held as a captive. She is in matted clothing, tears running down her face, limping down the street with it's nobody a, around. It's a white tank top and white cotton panties. Very virginal, very like young child looking. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's young. Mm-hmm. And right out the gate, you're like, man, what the fuck is going on with yeah. this poor girl? This threw me for a loop, though, because I was like, oh, I don't want some fucking bullshit. Like, let's just watch young kids get tortured for the sake of getting. T- I, th- I didn't know because most French films really like high tension and stuff like that. Sometimes there's just like lean into the gratuity on purpose. Yeah. Like that extremity yeah. movie we were talking about. Yes. Yeah. This movie. Yeah, we get it, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, though, uses that kind of to set the pace, the tone. Then we cut to the police doing a little documentary or a documentary crew, like being like, Mm -hmm. this is where they found her as the credits are rolling. So it's kind of like a little bit of backstory. So you kind of know what happened, but you don't know, like, like she won't talk about what happened to her, but you know that she was tortured. She ends up in an orphanage, an orphanarium, if you will. None of the kids are connecting with her. We see like through montage. She's like very traumatized. So she's, yeah, she doesn't want to connect with them it shows but then out of nowhere this one girl like ends up becoming her friend that's anna mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. while yeah. while while lucy is at this orphanage facility they're doing the documentary they're yeah. really trying to figure out who did this to her so they start just kind of surveying what's going on and they see that lucy and anna have become friends in this mm-hmm. orphanage correct so they pull her over and are like hey we need you to try to get some info out of Lucy so we can go find these guys. And so they try to use it. And then she catches on. She's like, I'm not going to tell him anything because she runs yeah, upstairs and sees Lucy her. like slashed her wrist in the bathtub, like cut herself up. Right. Lucy, at, at this point, we see that Lucy is self-harming. But Lucy says that someone was in there and did uh-huh. it to her. Yeah. And, and so- we got our first jump scare, which is basically this like monster girl, not monster girl. She's a she's a very fucked up girl who looks like she's been tortured. Her skin's all jacked up and cut and like slothing off her. It's pretty yeah, crazy. I mean, when you first see her, you probably think she's a monster. Yeah. They refer know? to her as a monster and all like the, the material. So she's like perched in, on the, on the end of the bed yeah. with like glowing eyes. And I was like, yeah, Oh she's shit. Very monstery at first. But then she gets more human. That. Still didn't know what movie we were dealing with. Cause I went in blind. I didn't look up anything. Cause I just wanted to go in, you know, well, once I found out Emma recommended this, I was like, there's not going to be any supernatural element. It's going to be some like young lesbian love thing with some like <laughs> gore scenes. And yeah, I was almost right. <laughs> we just so. didn't have a surgery scene with someone getting something removed. Yeah, and I love excision. No, well, no, no doubts there. But, well, that's true. But the point, yeah, no, it's it, it hits all the Emma knows here. But the point that's is, why it's, it's one like, of my favorite. Movies. I know, I know. You have a type. Um, so anyway, we we see this. She cuts herself, and then she then we just smash cut. Oh, we jump ahead about fifteen years. Fifteen yeah. years, yeah. Mm-hmm. We cut to a family having breakfast. They give us just enough about this family dynamic where the youngest daughter is like a swim meet champion. The son is off to college, but apparently he was a very bad student and cost the family a lot of money <laughs> to get his tuition. To Shout the out to the mom for calling that kid out on that. Like we wasted so much money on your stupid education. I was like, damn, <laughs> go hard, mom. The mom's outside digging a hole around some water pipes or something yeah, like she's that. She's doing all the, the land maintenance. She comes in and starts waving a dead mouse in yeah. the family's face. And I was like, mom, what are you doing? I'm eating cereal over here. Like what's going on? And that's when you should have known this family's fucked up. But I, I love <laughs> how they give you just enough to make you care about the family. 
And you're like, okay, I'm getting yes. to know these characters. It's the like, slice of life where you're like, oh, this is just your regular French family out yeah. here doing their thing, right? We. I see what you did. There. All right, thanks. <laughs> we get a banging at the door, or does she just wander in? I, no, no, she bangs at the door because the daughter goes, "What assholes here?" Or like she goes, "She's like, who's this asshole?" And I was I like, don't "Wow, that. you don't remember that?" The subtitles <laughs> is like, "Who's this asshole?" And the dad was like, "I'll find out." And it was like, "Yo, your daughter's like 13. You let her just cuss. They're flipping each other off at breakfast." Look, dude, once you win a swim meet, you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Sweet, okay, go go swim. All right. Keep that, that uh, adrenaline the going. 30, the 30 meter doggy powder. <laughs> I'm on it. He opens the door and then surprise, surprise. There's Anna Lucy. with a shotgun. Lucy. Lucy. God, one of, girl number one just takes that shotgun and just blows this dude back. He like slides down the hallway. Great shot because yeah. it's from behind. You see the hole like explode. You see him fly backwards. It's intense. This caught me off guard. I yeah. was like, oh, <laughs> fuck me. Okay, we're into this. She walks in the house to a man on a mission at this point, turns the corner. There's the mom like, wait, she's like, nope, blast. Yeah. And it's basically that like meme from Sonny. It's like, so I came in blasting like <laughs> she's just pow, 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 pow. And these kills are all shown 100%. Like yeah. it doesn't like cut away and you just hear a shot. Like you watch these, this family get mutilated with this gun. I feel like they do a pretty good job making it look realistic too. Like yes, the just effects gory are amazing. enough, but not over the top, like silly. You right. know? Like, it's, not, it's not evil dead, like spraying blood. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. 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 Now the young daughter runs off upstairs to go hide. And then the, uh, the son is sitting at the table and she turns. He's like, did you know what your family was up to? And I got the impression that he did not. Yeah. I think they probably didn't. The kids, because yeah, they do but... this like flash between the eyes, like, like she's like trying to sum up, like looking at his eyes, like, what does he know? But then later on in the movie, she's like, I even killed the kids for you, you know, trying mm -hmm. to appease her demon monster. But um, she blows the sun away. Oh, that scene, though, is so good because the tension between them and how she's not you can tell she's really fighting herself about whether cause she doesn't want to do this. Like she's not an evil person. She's just mm. a fucked up person. Yeah, no, she's yes. been like tr tortured beyond like the ability to come evil, back evil is, evil is a too intense descriptor but the thing is she does later on say like i even killed the kids and i didn't have to for you like she made a conscious choice to indiscriminately kill people who well, are not responsible i would for this also issue. say though that when she's wrestling with it that she's not sure if they know or not and that's part of why she i think that she's like you know i just can't i can't gamble on that whenever i've come this far and i've already i saw it more of a, i saw it more of a like like if i let them go i can get screwed over in this situation but that was just me i see i don't think she was thinking that i don't think because the girl though like she kills the the girl upstairs so she runs upstairs after she kills the son goes upstairs like gets on the top of the bed shoots mm -hmm. a shotgun into the comforter this really great beautiful like you know down feather scene and then the, she, she shoots the daughter her under the bed and she she gets out and then yeah, she starts yeah. running and she gets her in the back yeah it's it's pretty intense but like she does kill these kids and there's no way that girl could have known the time, the 15 year time frame alone would have been like, this girl's not old enough to have existed. It's highly unlikely that they knew about their parents dungeon yeah. below the house. I think she was just wrapped up in the moment. Yeah. I think she was like, all right, let's just fuck it. We'll do the whole village. But I, that's an interesting question. Emma. you saying that Lucy's not evil, but I mean, it is Lucy doing the actions, whether or not it's mentally justified or not in her head. I, mean, I, I think she's still evil, even though she was made evil. that way. I think evil is whenever you, like purposely do something that you know is wrong like that. Whereas I think she's trying to get her revenge and she's trying to get revenge for the other 
women that have been tortured because she knows of at least one, you know, and she's mm-hmm. trying to stop the cycle of torture. Like, well, in the context of the movie, though, let's let's put it in the context of the movie, not what we know as an audience member from the end of the film. Um, at this point, we only know that she has this like. Well, after she kills these people, she gets attacked by that monster girl again. Mm -hmm. And she has like grabbed a a straight razor is slashing up Lucy. She's just getting cut up like this thing is trying to kill her. She calls her friend Anna, who's sitting in a car eating a sandwich. And she she hears the phone ring. She throws her sandwich on the ground. Like, just put your sandwich down. You don't have to waste the food just because you got to take a call. I agree. So she's like, she's like, where are you? What happened? And she's like, I I killed him. I did. And she's like, don't move. I'm coming over. She's trying to get the address and stuff like that. So anyway, as the monster attack is happening at the house, uh, eventually Anna shows up. And so Anna's like, it's okay. I'm here now. I'm here now. And starts sewing her up. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what happened? But I think Anna kind of knows. I think she wants to believe <clears throat> Lucy. I, and that she doesn't 100% know until she sees oh, I don't think I, I don't think she believes her at all. I don't either. I think she's just in love with Lucy. Lucy, it's that I mean, it's I that Thelma and Louise thing where it's just like like the, ride or die. The fact that she's going to try to help the mother out of the situation to I, me means that she did not believe Lucy was seeing this demon girl. I think that that's when she has doubts about whether any of this is real at all. Is the thing like I think that she she's not. I think that she's not sure if the demon is real and that she doesn't think that's probably real, but that she definitely thinks that these are the people that tortured her. But then she starts to think maybe this is all just in Lucy's head. She's like, how could you know? And she's like, I know, I know these are them. And so she's like kind of on board, like, okay, mm-hmm. if you feel that confident, the problem is after seeing her cut herself, cause she doesn't, she knows the monster girl's not real. Anna knows this. Like she knows that L- Lucy's fucked up. And is yeah. dealing with something and she's there for her. She's like, all right, whatever you're saying, I still got you. I'm going to sew you up and take care of you. But she kind of knows. But then when Lucy says, like, is yelling at the monster girl, because like as she's getting sewn up, she's like yelling at the monster. Girl's like, I did this so you should be happy. Like, you should be fine now. Like, I even killed the kids for you. That's when I think Anna's like, whoa, yeah. OK, now you're just killing to basically like feed the monkey. You know, like, yeah, this like is beyond this revenge. Is yeah. This is just you trying to like, you know, like deal with this. And maybe I not that, you know, you need help, but maybe she's like, OK, maybe this is not the way to go about this. And I think that's where the change for Anna really happens, because then we find out that the mom who got shotgun blasted in the stomach or the back isn't actually dead. And so she's going to try to help her out. Anna is going to try to help her out. And then Lucy finds out and then goes ham. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, and you see both sides of that, right? Like, I mean, I see it because it's like Lucy's sure that this is her mm-hmm. tormentor. But then you see Anna's side and she's like, you know, maybe this is just some lady like and I think initially she was a little bit more like, how can you be sure? But then like she holds the picture up, you know, Lucy does. I think she was on board for killing the parents like, okay, fine. I understand you had to have revenge, but I think it's the killing of the kids where she's like, okay, you've gone over the line. This is not about revenge. Now you're trying to feed something that doesn't exist because Anna knows that that monster girl doesn't exist. For the most part, like 99%, you know, because there's no way. And plus the wounds and stuff are indicative of like self-harm, especially if you think about the orphanage. The ones on the back seemed harder to explain, though. Yeah. Except with a straight razor, you can totally reach. I'm actually doing this visually so the audience can see it. Um, Fucking audio podcast. Um, Anyway, yeah, with a straight razor, you could actually reach your back and slice your back. It would be hard, though. 
You would definitely be having to try. In the way that she was doing it, the length of that straight razor, you could get it because it was upper back. Oh, we can try it out right now. So get a razor. We'll do this on the fucking podcast. No, agreed. But that's what I appreciated the fact that the back ones looked a little bit hard to get. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if this was intentional. Did you notice that when she was in the closet after getting cut up by the... No, this had to be a fuck up. In the closet after she gets cut up by the monster on her back and she's hiding... Like she's in the closet and her shirt's ripped, but there's no cuts on her back. I did not notice. That. Yeah, they, there's a couple times where they show her back and there's no cuts, but that's, the, yeah, that's the just a mistake. Clothes are cut, and I was like, "Well, where the fuck did those go?" And that's where I thought, "Oh, this is in her head." But then, like, I was like, "Oh no, this is just a goof." Like someone, <laughs> someone did not see this and then filming was like, "Fuck it, go with it." it looks good enough. Most people yeah. won't notice this. Yeah. So the demon girl is going to continually to attack Lucy, even though it seems that her job is done, mm-hmm. and I'm. And what? we don't know why this monster is attacking Lucy, though. Yeah. Right. So do you think that somehow in Lucy's subconscious that is creating this projection of her trauma in the form of this demon woman, do you think she somehow knew the mom was alive? Because the demon seems to subside a little bit after the mom is fully put down. I got that impression. I got the impression that maybe the, the, the monster's not going away because maybe the job wasn't finished. And then when you see the mom like move, like, uh, like, like, oh, like, oh my God. I was like, oh, the monster knew. That's not the case though. I can guarantee you that's now that we know what we know, that's definitely not it. But yeah. I thought it was more just that it was her manifestation of her guilt for the as survivor's find, guilt. Yeah. Yes. As leaving someone behind and that she, she thought it would be appeased by revenge, but it's showing us that revenge doesn't, take away that guilt like well, it see, doesn't solve that problem and she's surprised when it doesn't you know you're correct but mark to your point the movie does give us the implication that maybe the monster could have known you know again does, knowing yeah. what we know after watching the film emma you nailed it yeah and at this point in the movie you're still like maybe thinking as an audience like that the movie's trying to make you think like is it in her head or is it real and oh, so yeah. that would make sense that you think the movie's trying to give you that doubt mm-hmm. yeah so Anna is going to try to help the mother out of the house while Lucy's collapsed on the bed, passed out. And I think she locks her in the room. Yeah, she gets attacked Anna, by the monster girl again. Yeah, so she puts her in the bed. And while she's sleeping, Anna bandages the mother and starts to try to wander out of the house. And she's like, as soon as we get to the tree line, you're on your own. I'm like, to do what? Collapse and die? <laughs> like, there's not much this mother can't even get down her hallway. Like, you're just going to leave her on her own. I mean, I appreciate the gusto, Anna, but this lady's gone. You know what I mean? And let's point out prior to this scene, because this is where everything starts like really ramping up. I would say this is where the gas starts getting pushed down and we do not let off, Mm -hmm. um, at least plot wise. Um, Up until this point, we've seen two flashbacks of Lucy being tied to a chair, being force fed some kind of gruel porridge type Mm -hmm. nastiness. Um, We see a little bit of like what Lucy went through when she was chained up at this place. And it's usually when she's like looking at the mom, she'll flash back and think of the torture, yeah. which I appreciate the movie didn't delve too much into because it really did give the impression of repressed memories. Even yeah. though she, she was struggling with this stuff head on, she had repressed so much of the actuality of it that I think the monster was her manifestation of those memories. Like almost she didn't want to remember the reality, but this monster was what she was going to struggle with. And it's a pretty realistic way of showing like how PTSD can be triggered by something and that a memory that you didn't, you don't have because it's repressed can just pop up that way. Yeah. And it's at this point when, as Mark said, when she's helping the mom. Yeah. When she says, I'll help you to the tree line, you're on your own. I was like, well, she's dead at the tree line. Um, Maybe she was thinking like, we'll get you there and then I'll get her out of the house and we can call someone. Oh, I think she was like, fuck it. I'm not leaving my Lucy. 
Lucy. Yeah, but I'm just like, what was she? I don't know how she thought she was going to live. <laughs> also, when she kisses Lucy after like killing the family, like it was, and, and Lucy's like, no, not now. And she's like all hurt, like, oh, shucks. I was like, no, Anna, no. You should have addressed this well before this moment right now. Like, I, that's when I was, I was like, this timing. Is, when that happened, I was like, this is an Emma movie. I was like, this is going to be. A, and they, they actually dropped that whole plot point, though, throughout the rest of the flick. Other than the fact that you just know that Anna cares about her, which I'm glad they showed, though. It gives her a motivation to be there for <clears throat> Lucy for this. Yeah, so to much put up with bullshit. it. Exactly. Yeah. Because she knows that Lucy is fucked up in her head yeah. about the monster girl. I think she's always hip to the fact that this is self-harm when she's getting cut up. But anyway, the point is, is as they're dealing with this. Lucy wakes up mm -hmm. and she's trying to get out of the room. So once she realizes she's trapped, she just smashes out of the window and then just comes up and start bludgeoning. Like a Tommy Boy level moment. <laughs> uh, this, this scene is so intense and brutal. Lucy just comes at the mom with a hammer and just doesn't stop. Yep. And there are scenes of that woman's head getting crushed in that it shows and you're just like, oh my God. Interesting in that scene though, when she hits the hammer, the way the head like bounces is way too realistic. Like yeah. someone had done some research of like, this is what it looks like when you bash in bone. And it was like, Fuck you. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that makes this movie so shocking to people is the way that it is so realistically done with a lot of the gore and torture is that a lot of movies, I think, kind of cartoonify it, in my opinion. Which I actually kind of prefer. Honestly, I love my movie. I love what? my horror movies with a little bit more of the like fantastical when it comes to violence, because I do not. <laughs> obviously, sometimes these movies that go realistic relish in the fact of like, look how realistic we made this violence. And honestly, at that point, it becomes voyeuristic and not a tool for the film. And in this one, though, when she's hammering that head, it's just out of frame. It's mm -hmm. just blurry enough because it's too close to the camera. She's in focus. The head's not. You see the the vibrations and the give of the head as it's being hammered. Um, but they did not hyper focus on it, which is exactly my problem with that kind of realistic violence. When you're basically voyeuristic about it and you're just like relishing and like, like, ooh, look how gross we made this. It takes me out because I'm like, now you're just jerking off to this. This movie uses it to heighten the intensity, which I'm okay with. I love yeah. realistic violence in that aspect. Yeah, Green Room is be, another great example of that. Well, yes. Yeah. This movie is a great example of that. What's an example of a movie that just jacks off to this stuff? Uh, Hostel's a good example with the eye scene. Mm. It's very much oh, like I a, love that one. Check this out. <laughs> um, but also, I would say Terrifier One, the uh, the chainsaw scene, while fun and interesting, it is over the top. But they go very realistic with it, and we don't need to see the entire length of the cut. Again, there's just moments you can tell they're like, "Look what we can do." Yeah, but sometimes that I don't know. Sometimes that does work though, like like in like Irreversible. Like, they don't pull away from those realistic scenes. Oh, yeah. I mean, movies like Nobody and John Wick and stuff, you can have realistic violence and have it be intense. This is, a, again, this is a great, this movie, Martyrs, is a great example of, you know, how you can have that intensity and not have it be the focal point. I think it just, it has to have a reason. Exactly. It. It's, it's yeah. the sauce that goes on the pasta, you know? That's kind of a gross example Hell when you're yeah, talking about is. gore. Fuck Yeah. <laughs> Check out my OnlyFans where I compare Ew. violent acts to food. It's going to be really confusing. Wait, you slurp spaghetti into a microphone. Oh, God. <laughs>
Um, anyway, only fans, Mark. <laughs> Mark's like kink unlocked. Um, so anyway, this is the only, okay. Yes. Yeah, so they, they take the box cutter and mm. slash down the length of her forearm. This is the only scene in the movie where I was like, this is unnecessary. We didn't I need love to see. the cut. So showing that it's her and the monster. Like I thought that that was no, no, not, cut not well, not like, the, not the actual act, just how long they show the cut, oh, like ripping through yeah. the flesh. It was just a tad long because again, this movie done such a good job of not like bathing in the hyper gore. This is one of those moments. It was like, like we're really proud of this effect. I could see that. And it just felt a little gratuitous at the moment. It doesn't take away from the movie overall, but this is the true. one time I was like, okay, we get it. She's slashing the whole arm. And then we see the other one. I'm like, okay, come on. So you're saying you should be an editor. Cause I feel like all you ever do is say like, where can we cut these movies a little bit? Not even so much that, I mean, but yeah. for me, the most shocking point of the movie is watching Anna use a rotary phone in 2008. Oh my God, Mark. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Who doesn't love a rotary phone? <laughs> yeah, 2008. Who still's got one in, in use? Have we done that in a horror I, movie where someone has to call the cops and they go get a rotary phone? Like, I don't know how to use this. Kids listening don't even know what the fuck a rotary phone is. It's the one with the dial that goes. I had a rotary phone in 2006 because I was allowed to have a phone in my room and I was in high school, but my dad didn't want me getting calls in the middle of the night. So I had a real bell inside it. So whenever oh, the no. phone rang, it was like super fucking loud. So we could hear. <laughs> yeah. So we could hear. Well, it sounds like your dad was just doing like, hey, this is more of a, uh, I'm going to catch her when she's using the phone when she's yeah, not supposed Yeah, it was kind of weird that he had a rotary phone. Yeah. Like that he dug that out to be like, here's Yeah, that's wild. Anyway, that was a joke. Um <laughs> Madness. Madness is what happens now. So this is about the halfway point of the movie. And again, I found myself at this point starting to get slightly annoyed with the flick because I was like, we know that this monster is likely not real. We know that Anna's on board for whatever bullshit Lucy's got, but maybe she's having second thoughts. And then I was like, I looked at the time and I was like, I've got 40 minutes left. Like, what the fuck are we going to do here? Like, I don't want to see her tracking down one by one you know, these people who are responsible because we've done this song and dance. The monster slashes her throat, mm -hmm. slashes Lucy's throat. And it just like she starts bleeding out. And then when you also realize. Well, OK, that, hold on. I thought that Lucy did this herself. Like she is so distraught that Anna did. didn't believe her. She did. But they don't yeah, show the monster doing it. They only show Lucy cutting her own throat. Well, the, like the, that was Lucy's well, choice the, beyond the, the monster. Well, the inner cut back and forth because she's fighting with the monster at the same exact time. Well, I saw scene. her doing that with the with the wrist cuts or the arm cuts. Well, the but monster's I thought, holding the, the blade. The first wrist cut, the monster's right. holding the blade. But when she kills herself. Yeah, you only see her hand doing yes, it. That, to but me, this, that represented Lucy chose to do that and it wasn't the demon doing it to her. Oh, see, Does I that make know. sense? Ooh, no, I no, like that. That's I had, good. I had thought it was the demon like in her mind doing it but i like that idea the that only person in this world that believed her and had any stock in lucy was anna now she's but lost no, that. no 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 you're I, dude i'm on board with this this is this is a rad concept my process my problem with it is i don't think lucy ever possessed the ability to do those kind of actions on her own so while she saw we saw her cut her own neck and I love the concept that basically she was like, fuck it, I've got nothing else. I still think in her mind, she thought the monster was doing it to her. Mm. And maybe maybe the, it was it was that um, for that me, trauma for of, me, it's of a better Anna film if her. Lucy's doing it to end it all. I mean, but Lucy really did nothing without motivation. And that's the thing is, and I mean, but she I, lost the one thing in her life, Anna. I know, but she didn't see Anna like that. Because again, Anna was secondary to her 
her well, um, the way that revenge. she's freaking out about you didn't believe me either. You're just like everybody else, dude. I'm not arguing with you. Your your idea is is so like I just don't I don't think I, I don't see her doing that. I saw her do that. Cool. I think they're both good ideas. Okay, <laughs> no, guys. let us fight over it. Let us fight over it. <laughs> Shake hands, make up. No, he's off the podcast. Well, I'm I off the podcast. Emma, you're on your own. <laughs> I was shocked to see that Lucy was dead halfway through the movie. Yep. Regardless of what entity was doing it. Here we go. Now we're doing that 90 the, degree turn. It's, it's a new film. Part. Says you. No, it is. <laughs> so Anna is just kind of living in this house for a little bit longer. So the time frame of how long she was in this house, I was like, man, she'd been here like a couple days. You know, oh, what, are we, what are we talking like about? That long. She's there for about 48 hours because remember when they come in the, the mil I, I want to say military group, but it's not a military <laughs> group. They come in. They're like, we've been trying to reach them for two days. Oh, yeah. so it's been about two days. Right. But again, leave. Right. If if murders have happened, I think you would want to get as far away as possible. But then I started thinking of like, well, maybe Anna just has nowhere to go. You know? Yeah. Like, like I go? mean, maybe Lucy was all she really had too. just like how all Lucy had was Anna. I mean, she was also an orphan. She had her own trauma. No, that's exactly that's you know? part of it. Like, she was her family. She's, yeah, she's lost. She's like. I put up with all this shit because you were my person. And know? she doesn't want to leave Lucy's body is yeah, really what I took. She's, she's also like, super traumatized by the whole thing. I mean, imagine that someone you love, they're like, here, I killed all these people and I need your help. And then they kill themselves in front of you. And, and they, like, they yeah. show Anna cleaning Lucy's body. So yeah, like, she I was loved like, her. Man. She clearly has got nothing else to do except focus on this moment slash tragedy because what else does she have in the context of the movie? Now, in reality, leave the fucking scene, <laughs> please. I mean, God, after they kill the family, they're like, let's just hang out. And I was like, no, stop touching things and leave. <laughs> and then after this happens, it's like, go get a fucking hope motel six. Or I don't know what they have in France, but you know. So I wonder if the next part of this movie, Anna is going to discover inside a cupboard stairwell down into a dungeon. <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> what if Anna didn't find that and yeah. she hung around long enough for the group to show up? Would the group still have imprisoned her? Or would they have let Anna go? No, they would not let her no, go. They There's no, let her you know, go. no, they wouldn't let her go. No way. They were, I, pissed, they were pissed at what they did to the mom. Right. But part of me thought that because Anna frees this woman who ultimately gets shot, I was like, maybe they would have let her go because they still had somebody in prison down there. I don't know. But you're right. This group no, is very I mean, nefarious. They were like, hey, fresh blood. You know, let's. this is a nobody girl. <laughs> She's already here. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, finding yourself at the wrong place at the wrong yeah. time, Anna. So, Again, yes. if she would have left the scene. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't know how she just managed to just randomly open this cupboard or yeah, what. It was just like, what? Well, she didn't she hear that noise? She I heard a she noise. Hear yeah, noise? she heard a noise and like turned and looked at the like cupboard like, what the fuck? And then like opens it up. Oh, it's kind of like some knocking inside of like yeah. a vent or something. Yeah, right? it sounded like a like a mm. just house settling noise, but it clearly sounded like metallic and you would not have heard that coming from I a wooden cupboard. I would not have cupboard. explored that personally. <laughs> I, I would have looked, but I don't know if I would have gone down the fucking hole with the... Uh, it, steel then you grade ladders and stuff like that whole thing you would definitely hey, at look, that point you're like i can't believe i'm gonna reference this movie again but barbarian also had a fucking yeah. tunnel spoilers no i'm just kidding inside a house i would have been like nah dog i am out if it's a makeshift like tunnel no i'm out if it's a steel bomb shelter level like you to know me, this facility is, get to out me, this too. is creepier dude I, uh, no. yeah, okay, no. a sanitary like someone's got like, money yes. and that's the thing is they can make a body disappear yeah yeah yeah, yeah. also <laughs> in barbarian they had like live and stuff like this girl's got nothing to lose like you might as well <laughs> explore this explore? weird she doesn't realize that she has more to lose yet <laughs> true God, um, it was the worst friend to be like like should we go in this haunted she's like yeah you got nothing to lose you got nothing yeah, you go. go first go on in garrett <laughs> <laughs> tell us what's in there 
after Lucy's death, Anna really, I think, is struggling with the whole ordeal. Like, I think this girl was just crazy. I don't think this ever happened. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything. She's dissociated yeah. from yeah. the whole situation. But the minute she finds this underground yeah. like, dungeon, oh, she's like, <laughs> oh, my God, everything Lucy said was true. And as the viewer, I was having that reaction, too. I was like, oh, crap, this really did That's happen. That's the best twist, right? Yes, like, that you're like, that oh, my God, it's real. Well, <laughs> let's let's talk about this discovery scene really fast, because I do want to touch on it because there's a couple things that really set the tone for what we're about to get into. She goes down into the, the murder facility. She finds a hatch, just like in Lost. Yes. I was like, oh no, another hatch scene. And Here it we is go. Like, it is like bomb shelter, surgical steel grade like hatch with a drop down ladder. I mean, it is, again, someone has money and can make a body disappear. Leave. Yeah. But she decides to go down and in this hallway, she comes across four large illuminated pictures of these people who are being tortured or, you know, like dying dying and stuff like that. And they have, they, they focus on their faces very particularly. And you know, this will come in later. Then she goes and finds a room where there is a girl chained up. And at this point we find out that this is the facility where they have been kidnapping girls and doing experiments mm-hmm. on them. They're doing experiments on these girls to basically try to get them to transcend into a point being a martyr so they can reach this level, and then you can tell by their eyes. Their mm-hmm. eyes indicate when they've transcended. Except this chick that she finds has a metal device over her eyes. How the fuck that are they going to tell? Is it, a good point. It is a. I had not it's thought the about one that. Crux, <laughs> it's the one identifying thing that they'll need, and they decide to fuck with that area. Like even if, well, they, if okay, look. even if they're going to take it off before they transcend her, her whole skin has been like fucking like. Yeah, don't need the skin. It's degloved. Find and out shit. later. <laughs> We don't need the skin. Yeah, you don't need the but the skin. thing is, don't fuck with their eye area. If you need that to determine, so, don't that fuck with their ocular point. area. So this is a sensory deprivation visor that has been bolted into this woman's head. Oh, God, now, it's like the worst. The thing is, is that we find out there's multiple stages to this process. And Anna is going to be one of the only ones to get to the final stage. She has to face the end boss. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, 17 years of trying to make martyrs happen instead of just victims. The, you got to try all you kinds of things. You got to the death box. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? So let's keep, maybe it's like, we'll keep her eyes out of use for like two years and we take the helmet off and then she'll ascend faster because the eyes well, they, haven't been used they for a do, while. They do know. say sensory deprivation helps drive them right. to that point of like almost insanity. So I think it can, makes sense. Except for the fact, again, like the skin and stuff is going to be so fucked up. Around, you know, maybe they're going to cut it away or something like that. I, I can't get into it. It That's just felt very stage. awkward that in this movie they're all like, the eyes are so important. And I was like, and you just fucked with this ones. You know, I was like, this does not, I, I, it was, I thought it was more of a visual thing that they didn't think through. You know, but. at the end of this movie, we just get a bunch of skinless Franks like from Hellraiser. Hell yeah. And that's really what she said. <laughs> she whispered Franks. into Mademoiselle's ears like, I have such sights to show you. She says, oh, I am be, in hell. Oh, help oh, that'd me. be hilarious if that's what she <laughs> said. <laughs> they just found another way outside of the cube to get to the Cenobites. That's all that's going on here. Come to daddy. But whether it makes sense or not, the the sensory deprivation visor thing is just like it right away shows you just how fucking horrific these tortures are. I mean, she can barely breathe. It's like pressing on her nose. Her hair. You know, her, the, her, yeah, her, her hair is shaved down the no, middle. No, it's not shaved. It's actually oh. worn away from the metal. Like oh, if, you, if you put something on your head for long enough, you can wear the skin so rough that the Ooh. hair will stop growing. It, like it rubs like the follicles and shit. It, it, 
it's bad. So the hair is, I don't, it didn't look like the hair was shaved. It looked like it had been worn away just from wearing that metal thing for oh so God. fucking and long. And bolted to her skull. Yes, like, which I didn't know that part until like later on, Lucy or Anna bathroom. has to take a screwdriver and like pry these oh my like, God. staples out of her head. And I was like, oh, get fucked forever. Her, she's been on her knees so much that her knee bone is coming out. Yeah. Um, this girl is she's just like, toast. Yeah, she's, she is trash. How long do you think she's been in here? Five years, six years, six years. That's my bet. I don't know. You think someone could survive so that long? How many girls at one time are you guys fucking with? One at a time? Multiples? What's the uh Well, what's we the know multiple because Lucy had seen yeah, okay, a girl, yeah. so okay. we know that they do. I really thought that the factory warehouse district and this house were two separate places. I, because I think that they are. The house I think this was, is like the new one. Right. Like, that's what I thought. Like, I think that yeah. like they Well, they had to leave the old place out. because yeah, they were like, because, like, yeah. oh. And the, the old one had. are going to look around there. This stuff. place also had multiple cells. That place had multiple cells. Well, so Madame I'm Wiesel, sure there's more than like one girl at a time. The CEO of Torture Town, like, basically is like, you know, we spent a lot of time setting this up. You know, the mom should have been this careless. The, the woman who got shot earlier with the shotgun, you know, so. Yeah, so we do get a flashback of Lucy's escape. Yes. Right. So this woman comes in with a tray of food or something like that, and she's trying to force Lucy to eat, and Lucy mm. strikes back, and she starts, for some reason, the woman unshackles her from her chair, which just has a hole with a bucket. Every one of these rooms has just like a your basic toilet. There's a option. hole in a bucket. Dear light. No, I don't know that song. No, no you old. don't? <laughs> it's like a- Kids yeah. Oh, well, Lucy starts to struggle and shoves the her captor back and the captor trips over like this iron. It's a, it's loop. a half, it's a half a loop where you basically chain people to the ground. Yeah. Right. And you hear her ankle snap. Not that I would know. <laughs> that ankle snap made me go, oh, that was a good Foley work on that. Yeah. Uh, Lucy starts to run out of the place and she starts hearing moaning from another room. So she stops in and is like, oh shit, there's more people in here. You can see in the woman's eyes, she's like, help me, help me. And this is ultimately, help me, help me. This is going to become the demon that mm-hmm. Lucy sees during all of her hallucinations when she's doing these. Because uh, she has self- survivor's guilt and felt yeah, bad be- for not rescuing this and girl. And she was just a kid though, you know? No, again, so it's all, it's feel totally that way, justified. Of course, but, and that girl was probably past saving because she's so fucked up looking. Oh, but, she's gone. But she's scared and she doesn't want to get caught again. So she leaves. She doesn't try and rescue her. One of my fifth notes on my list says, I wonder how much this would resolve that she just gone to fucking therapy. But man, yeah. Like, That's the whole point of the movie. I, Go to therapy. This, this is therapy. No. <laughs> so, does, okay, question. Does this movie have any themes you think it's trying to purvey in this torture story? For a moment, I was like, oh, is this trying to say something about not believing victims? Uh, in their I trauma. I didn't really think that. But At least I the first half of the film. Yeah, I mean, yeah, way, you, you could see I mean? that. Yeah. I, I mean, saw it more of as a way of just, you know, that the, the, the tried and true revenge is not an answer for trauma. You know, vengeance is not the, the solution for your shit. Um, also, there definitely is an underlying theme of like the survivor's guilt aspect, you know, like what that can actually do to some PTSD is a, is the umbrella that covers this whole fucking movie pretty much. Well, I also think there's actually a theme of like classism and religion, like in the way that like, and it plays into that with therapy is that in America, you can't just afford to go to therapy. Right. So like we can relate to that whole thing is that these are like poor orphans. So that's like the kind of people that don't get help in France, you know? And so like, yeah. these are the people that are used as tools for the rich ass leaders of this cult, you know, the same way as like, 
happens in a lot of churches, you know, where Here they we use go. Where the... Ezra brings down the bourgeois. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, they use like the poor people and they're like, give your money, you know, part of it to the church to help us and stuff. And then mm-hmm. there's some guy at the top who's got a fucking Learjet, you yeah, know, and he's like, right. oh, God wanted me to buy this Learjet with all your money. Sure. <laughs> you know? God does love it. I think there is a little bit of that theme in this movie. Yeah, I can like, see that. Well, yeah, it's the it's the the rich haves like basically like we're going to find out this secret because we have yeah, that we're not going to. Yeah, we're not yeah. going to go through that. We're going to make someone else go. Well, through that. I, I definitely they, they they explain that they're like, we've shown we've done so many experiments. We've shown that only young females have the ability to actually reach okay. this point. But they, that's not true because there have been people throughout history when they're showing all the agreed, pictures. But the movie does not. Well, they're all and girls. I do think they're all girls. No, there, I think there's a guy that's being tortured in one of the pictures the one with the chest that's a lady the one that's like on a crucifix looking kind of thing yeah i think that's a lady because mm, they said okay. the well name. i did think that there was like a whole misogynistic maybe, maybe was, thing to that where it was like that women because women do have higher pain tolerances it would make sense that they would oh yeah no that, that's totally because they're relevant. less likely to just die because it hurts so fucking bad yeah. <laughs> they can put up with more they can tolerate it yeah they can get to that point yeah no she, yeah she, they're gonna Mademoiselle basically <laughs> talks about that like being like we've found through like the ability like you know women younger girls to be exact can basically withstand and and deal with more of this and persevere well, through and because of the way that you were brought up as a woman it's like men are more likely to be rebellious they're more like they're less likely to be people pleasers like the fact that you're yeah, going to go gonna put through up with all shit. this we're and just, then tell yeah. someone what you saw, like, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, like there's this, and to be a martyr, like women are more likely to be martyrs in a lot of scenarios, you know? So Anna takes this one flashing back to the present. That was Lucy's uh, flashback, how she escaped. Anna helps this woman into a bathtub. She's trying to clean her up a little bit. Uh, she is in super rough shape. She does see that the sensory deprivation visor has been bolted to her head and she starts removing the bolts with a screwdriver by prying staples them out. giant staples. Bolts is different, but yes. Yeah. So it's, you just see the blood gushing out of the, uh, as the bolts are removed, this woman's screaming in pain. And when the final, the visor finally comes off, it looks like it takes some of the skin with it. No, it does. From it, around oh, yeah. her face. Yeah. And you're just like, holy shit. Sweat oh, and, whenever, and oils like will attach to things. And when you rip it off, like, yeah. Whenever mm-hmm. Anna like covers her with the, towel and she's like holding her it's just like you're like oh god she's such a good person in that way like she's like she's so sympathetic to this you woman. can't fix everyone anna jeez <laughs> go to therapy well look no, Garrett, some people <laughs> some people have what they call a servant spirit where they are just happy and content to serve other people and anna's definitely that we saw that with lucy she's now doing it to this look as someone who's gone to therapy to to get rid of my caretaker like tendencies yes i know trust me but the point is, when she put that towel over her head, I was like, that would be so painful for her. A towel. No, but it's also blocking out the light because no, she's not I know. used to it. So it's like helping filter it. I, I no. thought it, I almost cried. It made me like, so like when oh. I rewatched it, like I was like, oh my God. The thing is, as someone who's she's actually had open her. wounds and like used a towel to cover it up. So I was like, oh, it hurts so bad when you do that. I was like, oh, this is, she's trying to be nice, but she may have just made it worse. I don't, but anyway, this woman has endured so much. I don't think she cares about the pain yeah, right she's now. Like, like, not the towel. Nice. <laughs> She'd rather have this sensory uh, yeah. input stop. So Anna goes and passes out in another room. Well, she hears a noise upon waking up. We find this woman. She's now just at the foot of the tub, like cutting into her arm with a knife. Oh, and you're just like, she's holy like, looks shit. Like she's cutting off her arm. She is. Yeah, she's yeah. trying to cut her hand off. Yeah. 
Anna tries to stop her and gets slapped around a little bit, and this woman's just intent. Slapped around a little bit? A little bit. That's underselling bit. it, but yes. She's knocked over. Uh, this woman continues to cut, and at some point, she just starts rubbing her face into the wall, and you're just like, holy shit, what is going on? Yeah. We find out later that basically her sensory deprivation thing is she thinks she has roaches on and under her skin, and she's trying to get them out. So while the woman is starting to advance at Anna, this woman gets shot in the head. Killed mm-hmm. and is dropped, and behind that's Anna, kind of surprising when that I happens. Like, too. You're what? like, whoa! I was like, is Lucy surprising. still alive? I thought so too. <laughs> yeah. I thought Lucy, like, or the monster came back, and I was like, what the fuck? I thought it was gonna be the big surprise. The monster was real, and I was like, that oh, been that, so lame. I thought that girl survived. The fucking monster girl <laughs> the was monster like, escaped real. the downstairs because it was left open. I was like, holy shit, the monsters are on the loose, you know? But no. But instead, it's men in black suits with shotguns, and uh, clearly an organization of some kind comes in. And they're like, we've been calling this house for 18 hours. What's going on? So off the hook, puts the phone back on. Let's just call them the organization going forward so we don't have to like try to describe what they are. That's fine. And they handcuff Anna to the wall and then later in bring this little table and some chairs and set it out. And they then they strap Anna to this chair and this old woman comes in and sits down in front of her. And this is down in the facility. This is not upstairs in the house. This is right. down in the, like, the, yeah. the torture basement. More or less where they found the woman. Mm-hmm. So she starts asking questions like, what's the deal here? What's going on? And what's they're back, the deal? Yeah, hey, man. <laughs> Why the, is it? No. Spill the beans. What's happening? Some of the other people were upset. It's like, man, we had to kill that woman after all that, you know? Mademoiselle, this character who runs the organization, is going to start spilling the beans about what's going on. Spilling the beans seems like such a way to <laughs> undercut the intensity <laughs> yeah. of the scene, but I love it. Roll that beautiful bean footage. They're slow cooked according to our secret family recipe with a touch of brown sugar, a blend of spices, and rich molasses for an authentic Boston taste. I've only shared our secret family recipe with Duke, and he's not talking. Right, Duke? Where's Duke? So what does she say to Anna? She tells her about the martyrs and, like, kind of explains the pictures that... She'd seen earlier. She got like a, a Joker 1989, like death photos. Yes, like it's the ones from the wall. Book. It's the ones from the wall. Yeah. And she's like, look, check out the eyes. Look at the eyes. Look at the yeah. eyes. They're, we always have so many people these days are just victims. They're not good enough to become the martyrs. It's very rare to get a martyr. Uh, in fact, women make better martyrs. So basically, she's like, you get it? You know what we're doing down here? Are we done here? Get her in the chair. <laughs> and that's basically what happens. And Anna then becomes our next victim. For the next like 10 to 15 minutes, well, yeah. 10 minutes, actually. I don't want to be too hyperbolic. Um, it's pretty We long. see a guy just basically slowly just break Anna down. He's beating the shit out of her, slapping her, feeding her rough, like just being a real fucking monster just trying to break her spirit to the point where she's just ready to give up but this is all in works to get her to the point where she's ready to give up but also transcend to that point Mm -hmm. of like i can survive anything because i have a higher power or a a higher purpose than to get through this now but think about empathizing with anna in this moment the her whole life was lucy she thought in that moment that lucy was crazy killed herself now she's a fucking victim to the same people that they were trying to stop how heartbroken do you think she is going through this that's probably what helps lead her into this martyrdom state i think because at some point through all the beating and stuff she starts hearing lucy she does that's the the figment of the imagination that's now projecting as lucy We don't actually see Lucy again. We just hear her. So according to the definition of martyr, now, again, we're going to get into some weird shit because at the end of this movie, they use the the Latin, not the Latin derivative, but the Latin origin of Matir, which actually is in some interpretations, 
witness. That's not completely true. If someone took a lot of Latin, that is technically correct, but it's not really used that way. And to be fair, martyr has basically developed and changed to such a degree over the years and years and years. And Mademoiselle, this says Christianity doesn't own martyrdom. Correct. Mm -hmm. But a martyr, whether religious or not, is a martyr is someone who who dies for a belief. Now, the thing is, that belief could be religion. That belief could be like, I believe in crossing on yellow instead of red. You know, like it could be anything. You die for your beliefs. The problem I have with this movie, my only major sticking point is these girls are kidnapped. They do not have a belief. And based off this whole premise that the organization's using, there is no belief structure that they are basing these scientific, scientific in air quotes, experiments on because there's no common factor of belief. Now, whether it be you're religious, whether it be you believe in taking care of people, whatever, but these do not actually come in play. So these girls or men or whoever that they kidnap do not have a a thing that they believe in to push them to that transcendent level. So there is nothing that they can fall back into in their mindset. Now, granted, to your point, maybe her love for Lucy is what she falls back into, but that's not necessarily a belief. That is just something she felt. And sure, I can see the the very thin connection there, but that was my number one problem, is martyrdom is when you die for a belief. And so the real even, martyr is Mademoiselle. Yes, and the thing is, is that's the thing, is the organization, I thought, they're martyrs because they are just so believing in this, this in message, this this. Well, yeah, it's like the answer. perversion of martyrdom because they will kill someone else. Well, that's why I thought it'd be better if they took their martyr, members you know? and they took their members and then actually tortured them to that point because they believed the in finding it. Up of it. Yeah. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I completely get it. These women, basically, you can see in their eyes when they hit that that moment, that martyrdom where they transcend. But I was like, they all fall back into that thing they believe. But these but girls don't have that. that's partially, I think, a critique of religion is because it's Definitely. showing that that isn't real, right? That they're trying mm-hmm. to force a martyrdom that can't happen because they're forcing it on these people. Correct. But the, the, the fact that, I mean, the fact that it's basically you die for a belief or you, you are killed because of a belief or something like that, because you could just be shot. Like if someone's like, I don't like the way you open that door. Boom. You could be a martyr for that if you believe in opening a door a certain way. But like, I hope it's not no, I know thing. it's that fucking tedious, but I'm just saying like to that degree, this really bothered me. This really bothered me because like these girls do not have a belief system they're going to fall back into and use to transcend. But I mean, I think, isn't that kind of the point is that they think it's more pure if they don't all believe the same thing. Like, they don't have to believe the same know, thing, but they, they have, have to have to. some kind of characteristic that basically allows them to fall back into like the girl with the, the staples in her head. Well, that's why there's only been four in 17 years, probably yeah. out of hundreds and hundreds of women. Good, good point. Good mm-hmm. point. But again, that really kind of stuck with me because I was like, your movie is called Martyrs. Yeah. Even if you use the Latin base, you know, witness, it's still, it's like, ah. This probably would not have improved the movie anymore, but I really wanted to know more about the organization. Just about like, you know, you what is. You want to just is. know more about it. I everything. do. No, okay. honestly, he's not wrong. I mean, I, I want to know more. I think understanding these people would have given me more of an, like a connection into like, I understand why they'd want to find out this. If it's just to find out like, what's the meaning of life? You know, like Waylon Yutani from Prometheus is a great example of this. Mm-hmm. He wanted to know mean, where they came from. I mean, Wayland. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Waylon Yutani is the... The company, yes, yeah. my bad. I'm, I'm not that great of a nerd. I apologize. <laughs> but Wayland, like the thing is, though, is he then has a point where he tells us why that question exists for him. Not because, like, I just want to know, but like, with I mean, them, this is a very basic. No, no, no. The, uh, the question. Do that not humans wonder. Correct, but to give me anything to latch onto to make me feel like maybe I should be down with the org. I to don't some think that degree. you should be down with the org. I mean, that's the whole thing. Is I think that they're supposed to not 
be relatable. And then at the end, whenever you are relating to them, because you're also wondering the answer, you should feel guilty. Like, I would have lo- loved the one-two punch of basically being like, well, these fucking monsters. And I'm like, okay, well, wait a minute. I can see why they're doing this. That's pretty cool. And then like they get the answer and be like, oh shit, no, fuck all y'all. And like, it's like, I would love that, like that back and forth, that yo-yo effect. But, and that's why I said, I don't know if it would make, it probably wouldn't make the movie any better than what the director and writer was trying to accomplish. But the experience I could see for you, I wanted more. Okay. This is all about me. You need to have a one-on-one conversation with (laughs) the director. All right, dude. Listen, Pascal. Spill the beans. Spill them. They better not be pork and beans. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Some think it's our specially cured bacon, our fine brown sugar, or our delicate blend of spices. But the real reason our baked beans taste so good is the Bush Secret Family recipe, which I've shared with only one other soul, and he's not talking. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Uh-oh. <laughs> Let's finish this movie. So uh, Anna's strapped into the chair and, like Garrett said, beat over and over again. You kind of lose sense of time. You have no idea how long she's been in here. I wonder how long her transcendence took. You know, was she in there for like years? Oh, was no, it, just it was, it was about months? four weeks. Like, it was about four weeks. That's so fast. Well, actually, if, let me check my notes. It was four weeks and three days. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I feel like she's probably been in there at least a year. That's my you think opinion. So. Yeah. I don't think you get think to transcend the Martin to break someone to that point. Yeah. Not if you believe hard enough. Well, to your point, they had no beliefs. <laughs> they were. <laughs> I know. They were, I know. I know. That, was the, that was the joke, Mark. They, they cut her hair off at some point. It looks like she's gotten a buzz cut. Mm-hmm. Well, they cut it like all choppy, raggedy yeah, yeah. Andy style. And then style. Like, the next and time then you they see like, her, shave it. Yeah. So there's like, definitely time passage. Yeah. So we're, we're missing a lot of this stuff. And like I said, she's going to hear Lucy talk to her. I don't really recall what Lucy says to her in these moments. Do you? It's basically something that if you're like, like you could, you can do this, you know, like it basically is like, like you've reached that point. Like she's, it's, it's weird because like Lucy is responding to her like, like, you got this. You're finally at the point where you can handle anything. Basically, like, it's the director not trusting us to realize that, like, <laughs> Anna got to the point of, like, she's almost ready to transcend. But, like, and again... I don't think that's true because the no, director... No, no, I know. Wants, I'm, being, the, I'm being a little... The director trusts the audience a lot. That's why they don't tell you everything, I, I you know? know? I was being a little <laughs> sassy. But, um, <clears throat> no, it's very blatant. It's like, you're ready now. And it was like, okay, got it. Well, yeah, the, the, the blonde woman who's been coming in and feeding her Gerber baby food <laughs> finally goes, something to the effect of, no one's ever made it this far. You're on a step four. Congratulations. And they take her out and put She's her into OT a... OT level nine. <laughs> She's ready. They bring her into this, like, uh, uh, put her on a, a like, a gurney of some kind in, in mm-hmm. an operating room. Yeah. And there you go, see? The operating this, part. No, we got it. We got it, Emma. <laughs> this this contraption they strap her into looks like a hamster wheel of some kind and just kind of rotates her upside down. And this is one of the only times they don't show the gore happening, too. Yeah, they don't. Which yeah. was interesting. I they think focus that was a good in, call, actually. I think it would have yeah. possibly the looked The reveal cheesy. was so good because yeah. after they do whatever they do now real quick what did you think they were doing to her when they when you first saw the off-screen pain they were start? installing dr octopus arms on her back i thought they were fucking removing um pieces of her spine i thought they were taking vertebrae yeah, i thought they were her. doing some kind of vivisection yeah. i didn't know? actually think they were putting octopus arms on her i thought the they were taking out vertebrae that would have been cool though been cool. <laughs> anyway so after mrs they, octopus now after they get done with this that's we, the they, only way to be a martyr <laughs> they see their they see them bringing Probably. her back to um the room and she's covered in like a white sheet just her face is visible the rest is covered up 
And then they put her on this like rack thing. They, they strap her arms up to this pole and they're going to lift her up. And so she's kind of like basically like hanging by her arms. And as they lift her up, the sheet falls away and she is skinned except for her face, which was an incredible visual that it was like, Oh wow. I did not see that fucking coming. Hey Siri, can you survive being skinned alive? I really want to know. I thought she would have died during this process. Check I mean, it out. Look, you can survive. Burn victims live without skin and stuff like that. Yeah, they keep you like your, clean and moist. Your nerve endings <laughs> like, would be going fucking crazy, though. Oh. I think I read somewhere that you don't actually die from the skinning process, but the like your body's just so cold at that point. Yeah. Oh, that Because there's nothing sense, to yeah. keep the heat in. You get hypothermia or something you, like that. You, it's that. Also, the nerve endings like fry out like a bunch of... It's, it's a whole thing. There's tons of shit. But yeah, no, you don't live through this. It's quite the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's quite the visual. We'll just assume that because it's, of her torture, she's built up some sort of tolerance to losing your skin. But yeah, she is. she's hanging... Like, her knees are on the ground. Like, no skin on them knees. It's very religious looking Talk about at this skin point. skin knees. No. Hello. <laughs> nice. So... Turn her mic off. <laughs> So while our surgeon, who is also our guy who is beating her up every day, is washing his hands, taking off his gloves, and he's about to take a shower, they hear a scream. He runs back into the room, and the woman that's been feeding Anna her baby food is like, it's happening. Oh, my God. Look at her eyes. Holy shit. Call Mademoiselle. I thought she was getting attacked. And that's the the movie. She's like, Michelle, which is the name of the guy. And he, like, runs in, and it's like, you're like, oh my God, like skinned alive. She's attacking him and killing him. I'm like, this is <laughs> that crazy. But no, much. like she's still alive. And they're Dude, like, holy I shit. I was going to be like malignant. Like she somehow yes. has fucking crazy Kung Fu powers. No, be, be, imagine at the end of this movie. <laughs> it would have been a totally different film. I'm glad they didn't go that route. But that yeah. would have been a five star movie because no. it would have given me a real ending. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so all these old like fancy cars start pulling up to this house and like it basically is get out style. Like all these old white people who are like walking in like, finally, yeah. here it is. The big day. <laughs> And Mademoiselle like runs in and talks to as as these cars are pulling up, we see Mademoiselle run in and talk to um, Anna, and she's like, "Tell me." And Anna's like laid out in this like clear tub of tub blue thing. water. Yeah. I thought that was like helping keep Probably her some alive, nutrients right? or something yeah, like warm to like, keep yeah, her from getting keep hypothermia her warm and wet. And seriously, <laughs> hey Siri, can't, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the effect of seeing Anna skinless with only the skin around her face was so off putting. It was it such was a also great visual. kind of yeah, gorgeous though. Like yeah. the way that they filmed it, like yes, and it also shows you how desensitized you are at that point that you can think that. Wow, she's really pretty, like skinned, and I was like, the fuck did I just think? I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Old man George, whoever this guy is, he's like probably number two in the occult. He goes at the top of the stairs and he's like, attention, everybody, Mademoiselle will be out shortly to reveal. The secret of life. We've been waiting for this moment for 17 years. Uh, Anna, let's, let's take a moment and, and give our thoughts and prayers to Anna for going through this. Uh, <laughs> Shout you. out to my girl, Anna, who totally rocked the hell out I of mean, this that, shit. That yeah. also goes along with the whole like critique of religion, right? That sure. now they're trying to be like, oh, thank you to her for doing this Your wonderful sacrifice. thing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. And he goes, um, she's still alive. She was coherent. The first time this has ever happened uh, in our, our long history of torturing people. Yeah, they've only had three other people reach that stage, but none of them were strong enough to by then to talk about it. Right. Like, and he's like, she was coherent. And she added, as of 3 p.m., Anna's just, 
she's no longer communicating, but she's still alive. And Mademoiselle will be out shortly to tell you what has been revealed. And as, as that's playing out, we actually cut to scenes of Anna's skinless body whispering into Mademoiselle's mm-hmm. ear, but completely inaudible. Yeah. So we don't know. To Mark's point, we do not know what she said to Mademoiselle. So old man George, number two, I'm just making up the name. Uh, he goes to Mademoiselle's room and knocks and says, everybody's ready. You coming? It's and the bathroom, which I thought was gracious on the edge of the tub. And I was all like, hmm. Yeah. And Mademoiselle's taking off her fake eyelashes, mm. removing her hat. And I'm like, wait, this is the reverse of getting ready to go talk to people. <laughs> and right. he's like, did you really hear what's going on? Yeah. And it was coherent. Mm-hmm. Everything's cool. <laughs> yeah, everything was clear. She's like, tell me, tell me, George, can you imagine what's on the other side in the afterlife? And he's like, no, no, I can't, can't do it. And then this is where she says, keep doubting. And then bam. She pulls a gun out of her purse and puts it in her mouth and ends her life. I think at the end of the movie right there would have been a little bit better. I actually agree. That's why I think I remember to be dead for a second. But, but you're right. It yes, goes back so to Anna. After that happens, we bam, as the shot hits, we, fade, we, we cut to black. And then we cut to Anna's body laid out in this tube. Uh, in the the goo and we slowly slowly zoom into her eyes and we zoom into her pupil and then we get white and like it's it's 47 seconds of just white visual on the screen and then we zoom back out of her eye and it's basically to show that you've trans that she's fully transcended and she's at peace or she's wherever she needs to be with this situation because she's still alive. And then we zoom back out and we see her pupil and it's got this kind of like weird uh, shape in it. It's not human. I, I paused it and double checked. It's just kind of to show that she has fully boom. She's hit that point. And then we cut to a black screen where they pop up the quote unquote definition of martyr. Mm-hmm. which is not the actual Merriam-Webster de- definition. And then they basically twist it and like, which actually comes from the Latin word witness. And I was like, okay, nice save. And then we go to credits. And they show like home movies of like During the credit, yeah. and Anna's kids again. Mm-hmm. Like which goes earlier. to your point, Emma, that what she believed in was her connection and love with Lucy. But again, they had no way of knowing she had a belief system in Lucy. Uh, Luck of the draw. Yeah. Ooh, so, thank goodness. <laughs> so to Mark's point, he's saying the movie doesn't take a stand. And, and correct me if I'm wrong on this. You're saying the movie doesn't take a stand by telling us what's on the other side. Yeah. Okay. I disagree with that because the I whole point is when she, <laughs> she goes, you know, do you still believe in there's an afterlife to one of her associates? And he's like, well, I, I think so, but I have my doubts. And she goes, good. Keep your doubts. And then blows her fucking brains out. Because knowing was worse than not knowing. And knowing what was on the other side would have fucking totally undercut that. Because you're, you're still left at the end of the movie like, the whole point is she's like, stay in doubt. Don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the meat. That's what you want. And then we, as the audience, are left with that same exact feeling at the end. Not knowing. The doubt. So, like, she... I want you to know that I understand the ending of no, the I film. You, I know you get it. <laughs> but I wanted them to nut up and tell me what was said. That's all. I understand why the movie did what it did. I, I, again, but sometimes I want the dessert at the end of the meal. And then the, but, someone covered the check for me. But we can't know that answer. That's the whole point of the movie. If she had said, like, hey, keep that doubt, not knowing is the way to live your life, knowing what's on the other side, and then to know what's on the other side completely undercuts her message. It would just destroy the premise of the plot. You want her to come out and tell everybody what she heard? Mm-hmm. Or at least tell the audience. Sometimes I want the movie just to answer it. That's all I'm saying. So <laughs> answer what, me! What do you think could have been said? What are the options? I wrote down four possible things that could have been said. Wow, you spent a lot of time on these. One, 
Anna tells her that there is an afterlife. I mean, this is part of the reason that I, I, I thought the movie copped out because we literally saw light at the end of the tunnel for like 30 okay, seconds. But- okay. So it was already trying to tell us that, oh, she's getting the answer. Well, we saw a light. You know I mean? We don't we know saw, if it was into the tunnel. Yeah, we saw, and it's a known thing that there can be a phenomenon in your brain with mm-hmm. people who have had near-death experiences that they saw a light, but that some people think that's the afterlife, but a lot of people are like, that's the way that your brain interprets this like last serotonin dump. Like, mm-hmm. and so that light deluge, didn't necessarily not a dump, a mean anything. Yeah. Like, right, but again, things that could have been said is, yes, I saw the afterlife too. There is no afterlife. Three, Anna could have lied to this old woman Mm -hmm. so that she ultimately shot herself in the head. Or four, she tells her there is an afterlife, but because of all the torturing you've been doing for 17 years, you don't get to go. See, I thought about all those those things. Those are the things that she could have said. But I'm glad they didn't tell me because now I get to have that discussion with you wonderful people. Yeah. And can you imagine if 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 we had that answer, it would totally cheapen the movie. Would it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're wrong. Look, two to one. I'm not. (laughs) Shut up, Mark. This is just how I felt when I was done watching the movie. Again, I said I like this movie. Don't get me wrong. I I did have the initial twinge of like, ooh, I really want to know what she says. But then when we cut to Mademoiselle saying like, do you believe in the afterlife? No, live live with doubt. That's the way that, you know, when she kills herself because she knows. Like whatever she knows is so terrible that she doesn't want to live with that. Or so wonderful. She it's could be trying to get forward. there immediately because like it could be that like the whole point of life is to get to the point where you understand the point of life, right? True, like that you find the meaning of life and death. And so why why continue living if you know like the end basically? True, you know? but if we're if we're to believe the the heaven aspect of it. But I mean, an afterlife couldn't, it doesn't have to no, be I know, a heaven. No, I know, I know. The, the like, movie implies a little bit that it might be something like that, but it doesn't commit to it. Yeah, so, so I have, I'm just I like, have, it could be. Just I have a, one issue with that is the fact that she's a head of an organization that's been doing this for 17 years. I don't believe so that she long. would immediately blow her brains out before telling everybody else, it's there. Let's go skip off to I heaven mean, together. She absolutely you know? would. And what, uh, like, yeah. She ab- There's I a mean, lot of reasons why she would. The thing is, if like, it's that distraught or that distressing or that too much to, to comprehend, she wouldn't want to inflict that on the rest of everybody. I mean, it may just be like, this is too much for one person. No, I'll take this secret to the yeah, grave like, with what me. It, yeah, exactly. What so if that, it's like cosmic horror where it's like, you know, you see the, there you the go. thing, you know, and it's too intense and so you have to die or go crazy. So we're getting you know? into the part of why I didn't like this ending. She's the head of the organization. I can see very few outcomes where she wouldn't relay this to the people that are literally waiting that have been helping torture these young girls for 17 years. This is the Oppenheimer situation. Take her out man. before she tells everybody else. This is this is just, you know, you I don't know, know until you, you you can't cross yeah. until you know you can't cross that line. I mean you, yeah. you can understand things. It may just be too much. I mean yeah. I think the only thing that I can come to at a reasonable explanation is that after 17 years of all this terrible things that this entire group of people are doing has caused so much guilt that she's ending it before she spreads that guilt to anybody else. Yes. And as a sign of one last, I'm doing a good deed kind of thing. Or even a selfish deed of like... Right. Yeah. But the, th- the problem with that, though, is these people are going to continue to torture people until they find another martyr. Agreed. So the pain will continue. Agreed. I don't think this is supposed to be the end of that story. This was just the end of her journey of understanding. And whether it was too much or too little or right on the spot, whatever it was, she, again, she just took herself off the board. And just, yeah, just because she did that doesn't mean that she's doing it to necessarily 
save them. You know, like she might not have even thought about the fact that like the, oh, this I'm saving them from that guilt. It might be that the guilt's on her so much, like the way that like sometimes there's like, you know, people who murder someone and they kill themselves because of the guilt, but then they're not allowing that justice for the family and stuff. They're not, they're being selfish. This is living proof that this movie did this exactly right because we were having this discussion. Mm -hmm. You came up with four possible options. I came up with those same four options, but then we're now getting into like Mademoiselle's motives. Which then, if we wanted to pull that thread, we could get to everyone else's motives involved. It actually puts you in the same shoes as all the other cult members, right? Ooh, you're a cult like, member, Mark. Like, you've been watching this torture, and you're to the point where you're desensitized because all you want is that answer. I'm taking this to my grave, you well, know? Well, like, I know what answer was said. Oh, you do? Yeah, she said there's no lubies in the afterlife. <laughs> and that's why she blew her brains out, because is God there damn grandies, it, though? Because either need, way, you're good. I need that Luann platter. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Forever in heaven. Luby's is a cafeteria if you're outside of Texas. It's a wonderful restaurant. No, it's oh my gross. God, we are not it's sponsored great. by Luby's. Fuck's sake. Man, I'm going to go there after this. It's, I'm hungry. It's disgusting. All right. Look, but. maybe I was in a mood, okay? We, <laughs> we, if we come in with moods in movies, we can awful, often not have the experience that was intended. That's right. You could have fallen asleep during the first five minutes of this film and then saw that ghost girl and been like, what the fuck? I'm awake now. Is that what happened to you? That's exactly what happened. One other thing I did want to mention is, you know, when just think about the the Spanish Inquisition era, when people were tortured until they were confessing to crimes that they never committed. There's no reason to believe that wouldn't happen in this situation either. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I mean, or like I, the Salem witch trials. Yeah. Like, same. This woman was tortured to almost death. And then maybe there was a chemical, like you were saying, the, the light yeah, at the end of the tunnel could just be a real. chemical reaction yeah. in her brain trying to make her body cope with the pain. Mm -hmm. There's no way to believe that. Whatever or Anna said just could out have been... of her mind exactly. by that point. Like, she's like, yeah, I see all this stuff. So another issue I have with the ending is that being the mademoiselle... The font they use for the credits. Well, that's always... Wing dings are nothing. Fucking cowards. <laughs> Wing dings. No, no, what it said. <laughs> that's the point. Um, uh, just another... Again, I think this movie's great. I think it's... I recommend it. It's just not the answer I wanted. Now, another issue I have with the ending is Mademoiselle has been at this for 17 years, and at the first opportunity to hear what's going on or maybe longer maybe the torture was only 17 years maybe the planning stage was maybe so yeah she takes anna's word as gospel and commits suicide wouldn't you want to follow that up with maybe one or two other accounts any good scientific experiment is based in repeatable results and also, you have to have a constant variable, which is why you need to believe in something. I'm slapping the table. I hope it's not being picked up on the microphone. <laughs> My point is, this is a flawed system. No, but that's the whole thing is that there would be no way to do this experiment in a way that wouldn't be flawed. Because, eh. like, say you have people who do believe, then they're mm -hmm. going to be predisposed to see some kind of an afterlife, right? Correct. Or say you have people that are, like, sure that there's nothing. That's like, why you have a control they, group and you have an experiment group. They might be like, it was just my brain firing, you know? And then who's going to sign up for this? Only crazy people. Right, Maybe. like, and then so you. I don't have think anybody to, signed up for this. I think this definitely was a against their wishes. No, to have to real have what you want, real markers. You, you can like, kidnap a bunch of religious kids who believe, and have that be one control group, and then you can kidnap a bunch of like you know, <laughs> like we believe in Santa Claus kids, and then you can have one group that believes in like you Team know Jacobs. Yeah, you know. You know, have them in a room. Team Jacob for life, baby. <laughs> Team Edwards. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I get in them all. <laughs> look. <laughs> Just play, play, play. Sparkle now, you bitch. <laughs> no, but to my point, I know that sometimes I... That's the shirt right there. Sparkle now, you bitch. 
I know sometimes it's, it's I will. Played Robert Pattinson oh on the God. fucking shirt. It's pretty good. I would wear that shirt. So. <laughs> I just imagined it in my head <laughs> with his stupid dumb. hair poofed up with no skin. <laughs> with that dumb smile, half smile yeah. that he's got. Back over to my original point of like, I feel like Mademoiselle would have taken a few more martyrs down that trip to see if they collaborated the story. I know sometimes I look at these things a little more literally than I need to because I know the whole sure. point of the story. I get it. Again, just as a viewer, for me, sometimes I need to justify these characters' actions. And just her being at this for 17 plus years... I don't think she would just immediately shoot herself without corroboration. Well, two, there's two things that it could be. One is that it could be that cosmic thing, right? That once she heard it, that it's like so incomprehensible that like, it's not like I need to verify this. It's like a knowledge that you shouldn't know. It's like she can't handle it. But it also could be like people see a miracle and they believe it. Like people who believe in miracles, right? They see something that they interpret as a miracle and they believe it. They don't need to do a bunch of experiments. And these people are believers, Jesus' right, face like, and the toast. And I <laughs> well, think about it. You spend 17 like, we, years on something, you finally believers. get a result. You're going to yeah. want to grab onto that yeah, instantly. Yeah, this is some, something that's really hard to get to happen, right? Like it's a the, visceral response. And it's so not based in logic. she wants to believe whatever she's told, even if it's wrong, you know, because she has devoted her life to this. But that also goes to Mademoiselle's response when she says, you know, keep doubting. Keep doubting, yeah. Is the fact that she did believe this. She does, and then she, now she's got doubt. Is it because of what she heard makes her not like what she heard? Or is it that she heard it and she's like, I don't know if that could be true. I mean, or is it so that the much, purpose of living is to not know what's at the end? I you know? do think like, that's part of the intended message yeah, that the, the like, writer I mean, was that's going why for. Keep doubting, like, there's no point in doing this. Like, we're all going to find out eventually anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Like, says you now that her quest okay immortal immortal baby Robert Pattinson style now that her quest is over the the point of living yeah, is when, no longer exactly, there yeah. so she's going to end it yes well I that's know. the the quest for knowledge is the fun part not necessarily yeah. answer you know and living is the fun part right like no matter what the ending is why did you waste your life trying to find out what you're going to find out anyway hmm. wow, instead of living your life bring it down that's deep jeez that's deep. <laughs> Live your life, guys. All you hear is on the podcast. It's so fucking dark, dude. It's literally opposite of what Emma just said. Grave Talk Podcast. Well, I I would recommend. Please don't kill yourself, people. If you're having suicidal thoughts, please reach out and get help. People love you. People care about you. Definitely seek help or just talk to someone. Go to therapy. Therapy. If you can't afford therapy, there are services out there. We're not sponsored by the the call-in good help, whatever the number is. Better help. But there's services out there. Seriously, we've been kind of flipping about this. I do want to take a second. If you guys are struggling with like self-harm, PTSD, Mm -hmm. anything like that, do reach out and get help. I mean, as you've heard, I'm completely fucked up from my life and I'm sure Emma's got her problems as well. I think all three of us, Mark, you grew up religious, so fuck, who knows what deal you're fucking dealing with. Permanent damage. But That's why the, he wanted to know something. Yes. The, the po- he needs that answer. The point is, though, seriously, if you are struggling with anything or you're dealing with anything, you know, not even struggling, just, you know, reach out, talk to someone, get help. Just, you know, talk to Garrett. You reach can out specifically to Garrett. You're going to talk about a lot of weird, fucked up shit. So, hey, you know what? Hey. But anyway, the point is definitely talk to someone. And yeah, don't do it. You have a reason yeah. to live. That's the whole point of the movie, I think. Well, I'm glad we talked about this one. I enjoyed this movie. I would recommend it. But you only gave it 3.5 stars. That's a high rating. That's actually a good rating. That's out of five. Out of five. Critical. Which is why I think we need, this is no. why we need 10 star rating. I didn't give it a 95 <laughs> out of 100, so therefore I'm wrong. Is that what you're telling yes. me? 
what, what did you give it? I would give it a 4.5. 4.5? Yeah. This flick. Okay. Movies that stay with me this much that like haunt me like that. They are 4.5s or 5s. You know, I okay. was asking myself, I wonder how I would have felt about this movie when it came out in 2008. I wonder if it would have resonated. Maybe I would have accepted that ending a little more back then. I don't know. I'm curious. But again, a 3.5 is a good score. 3.5 is mm-hmm. actually a really good score. What do score. you give it, Garrett? Uh, you know, a five-star movie is a perfect movie for me. As is much there as a five-star movie? Oh, yeah. There's five-star movies out there. Like I'm, I'm sure I got some on my letterbox. It's called RoboCop. <laughs> God damn noise. it. You always, always talk about RoboCop. It is. I, I'm not. It's a top 10 movie for me. Are Easy. you serious? I mean, 100%. RoboCop? I really? I like RoboCop, but it's not top 10. Oh, the satire, the action, the the gore, it's the jokes, it's fantastic. It is a perfect you, movie. It's a, it's a good movie. Uh, you know, for me, a five-star movie is it has to hit on cinematography, writing, acting, if it has a, a good message, it better encompass that message and do a good job of like, you know, relaying that. It needs to be artistic in its own merits, you know? Doesn't mean it has to be like like super artsy and shit, but it has to be artistic in its own merit. It has to leave an impact on the cultural zeitgeist of society. I mean, there has to be, it has to be pretty fucking solid to do that. This movie, I'm gonna put it at 3.5 also, just because it's Losers. a- you no, know, <laughs> Come over here, I'm gonna flay you guys. Losers. Oh no. <laughs> So, I mean, it's it's a really good movie. It left an impact. Welcome back um, to ratings, huh? The end. <laughs> I'm not, I am not that stingy with my five stars. If I enjoyed your movie and had a good time throughout it, you had, you could get a five star rating. And yet anyway. this one got a 3.5. That's right. <laughs> All because of the endings. If there was a Lubies in the afterlife, oh instant. God. Well, like you guys stars. know how much I love Goonies and Goonies is only a, a four star movie for me. Yeah, like, Goonies not a five star. <laughs> no, it's not. The thing is, I have to be reasonable about my movies. I love certain movies, but there's certain movies I just could never give a four or a five star rating, no matter how much I love them. The this movie is, rad. This is my rating system. This isn't the world human <laughs> culture's rating system. Well, and this is why I you're going to be skinned alive, Mark. Fine. True. I, I mean, I give way more fives than probably you do too, because for me, it's more of a personal thing. It doesn't this is, have to affect it's the absolutely a personal it's thing. Just, I'm not looking like, for like, this. Is why you're going to believe the flayed woman as opposed to me, who I'm be like, let's do a couple more experiments. Let's get a couple more You're martyrs in here. some more women. <laughs> Look, I need results. All right? The stockholders. But you would never know, like, whether that was real or not. Like. I control the narrative now. <laughs> so that's three recommendations for us. Listeners, have you seen Martyrs? Uh, we didn't mention the remake, but is anybody interested in checking that out with such abysmal scores that it's gotten? You know, I don't think I can. Like, I'm kind of interested. Like, I'm intrigued Not about the it. Price but like, selling it at. Everybody says, yeah, it just it'll just ruin the original for you because it's so bad. It it's just free takes with, out all free the- with ads on Wait, Voodoo. Really? Yeah. yeah they say it's the. Yeah, people I are like, have to watch such, and see oh why it got ruined. Well, then you have to tell us. Like, is it just the worst? If it's under two hours, I'll check it out. <laughs> I think it is. If it's over two hours, fuck that movie. Yeah, that'd be a long remake. The thing is, though, is I love hearing about that. Like, like, oh, it ruins the first one. It's like, okay, what did you do? But a lot of those remakes, especially foreign films, do ruin them. Like, let me in. Like, let the right one in. It was perfect. Why did they do that? There was no reason. It was just a worse version of the same movie. Listeners, have you seen Martyrs? Why don't you let us know on our social medias? We got a Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find everything we're at. We're on Threads. We're on <laughs> Blue really? Sky. We're on Tubi. On no, I know. We're, we're not on any of those things. No. You can find everything we're up to at thegravetalk.com. Keep your eyes on our social medias to find out what's coming up next. Listeners, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. <laughs>